Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, it's good to see all of you joining us this week. Let me ask you a stupid question to kick things off because why not, right? Uh, Is anybody feeling stressed? Come on, overwhelmed, exhausted, maybe you've just kind of had enough Right, play along in the comment area if that's you. Like, send us some raise your emoji hand. It's just going to make church a lot more fun and engaging. But if you've ever been on Interstate 90 in a snowstorm, you know what stress is. I would say if you're a parent, right, you know what it is to be stressed. In fact, unless you've been living under a rock for the last six weeks, you know what it means to be stressed out. And we all deal with stress on some level. As a matter of fact, we deal with so much stress as a culture, there's actually a thing called the American Institute of Stress, where people study how stressed out we are. It's kind of funny and sad at the same time. On a study they did in 2017, so prior to what we're experiencing today, they said that 44% of people that they surveyed said they feel more stressed now than they did five years ago, which means that the trajectory of stress is not going in the right direction. That for 44% of us, the older we get, the more stressed we feel. And I would say that's a lot higher than 44% today. It also said that one in five Americans experience extreme stress. And they categorize this as the kind of stress that causes physically adverse effects in your life. Uh, I'm not a physician, and a physician can help me out with this one, but according to WebMD, 75 to 90 percent of doctor visits are stress-related. Come on. Like, we're some stressed-out people. In fact, you're probably getting more stressed right now as we talk about stress, but we all deal with stress in different ways. Some of us We withdraw, we isolate ourselves. Some of us, we kind of blow up, you know, and verbally vomit on everybody around us. Some of us, we just ignore it, pretend that it doesn't exist. We bury our head because if we ignore it long enough, it'll go away. But how many of you know, if you bury things for too long, they end up coming back later on in your life. And they end up coming back bigger and badder than before. They grow some hair, teeth, and nails. Come on, somebody, and it'll mess with you. There's also some different sources of stress. In fact, I listed a few of them. Here's what I would say is probably the number one source of stress, and that is relationships. Any relationship. It could be a marriage relationship, a friendship, a a working relationship, because we have to learn how to manage, you know, our relationships. You have to learn how to love people that are sometimes hard to love, because if we're being honest, you're sometimes hard to love. And how many of you know the money, Right? That's a huge stress for a lot of us. Maybe stress because you don't have enough of it. Maybe you're stressed because you have too much of it and you don't know what to do with it. Some of us are like, I'll take that kind of stress. Now, I would say you really don't know if you would or not. You don't know if that's true. But money is a source of stress. I need to make more. I don't have enough. There's more month than money. I don't know, you know where to, to spend my money. Uh, another stress could be school. And right now, school at home, come on parents, is a source of stress. You know, with papers and tests and projects and online learning, or those of you that have been transitioning from high school to college, with all that's going on in the world, so many questions and concerns surrounding what that looks like, it's a source of stress. Now, how about this one, deadlines? Come on, deadlines at work? 
You got to write the contract. You got to submit the proposal. Make sure you get it in on time. That's a source of stress. Or how about this one? Expectations. And I would say expectations of other people. How many of you know that can be a great cause of stress? Like sometimes you wish your family lived a few hours further than they do. The expectations of, are you coming to this thing? Are you going to that thing? You know, or you got seven birthday invites on one Saturday alone. Or go to this wedding or do that thing. We have expectations, and that can be a, a great cause of stress. Of course, there's the obvious with COVID-19, but what about just any illness? Illness in general can be a great cause of stress, especially those that deal with a chronic kind of illness. I got another one for you. Check this out. Parenting. Need I say more about that, right? Because sometimes it's like, they're going to change the world. And other days it's like, they're going to be incarcerated, right? They're going to go to jail. But parenting can be stressful. Or how about bad news? Many of us are experiencing that in this season. And how many of you know you can have a, a perfectly good day and one thing blindsides you, you get some bad news and it causes stress or job loss? And we're seeing a lot of that today. Uh, we, we have to downsize. We have to lay off, cut our labor force. And so that's a huge stressor for so many in this season. Or how about this one, the election? Man, some of you are losing your dang mind over the election. I know perfectly logical people who have lost their mind in this season. And let me just say something about this. That please don't say things in this season that would cause you to lose your testimony, that would cause you to lose influence during this election year. Or how about this one? Come on, one more. For all my Steelers fans, Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe this is a point of stress for you. Like who's going to be in the quarterback position this year? So stress comes from so many different places in our life, so many different uh, areas. And I think there are two main categories of stress. One of them are things that you can control. And the other main category is things that you cannot control. And, and let me just say this, in the area of things that you can control, like if you're dealing with stress, make different choices. Make different decisions about the things that you can control. I, I say that because sometimes I think we're like, well, God, he's just not for me. He's just not showing up the way I thought he would, or things aren't working out in my finances. And with all due respect, the reason that you're dealing with financial stress could be that you're spending more than you make, right? You're, you're not saving. And yes, I know with the economic crash we're experiencing, and a lot of financial things are out of your control. However, for some of you watching, if you're being honest, your financial stress began long before the last six weeks. And so I would just say if you have financial stress because of decisions you made, hey, put God first. Get rid of debt. Create margin. You know, have savings for a, a rainy day. Practice God's biblical principles of stewardship. There are some stressors, is what I'm trying to say, that you can control. And sometimes we just want God to wave a magic wand over the decisions that we've made to make them go away. And I think God would just tell you today, hey, I don't answer those kinds of requests. In fact, most of what you're praying about, I've already talked about in my word. And if you'll just follow my instructions that I've already given you, come on, a lot of that stress would go away. It could be that you're having relational stress but you're carrying that because of unforgiveness and bitterness that you have in your heart. And you're like, God, would you do something about this relationship? Would you heal this relationship? And he's going, hey, 
Here's an idea. Forgive them. And you're like, no, 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 I can't do that, God. You don't know what they did to me, but heal this relationship. And God's like, I will if you just forgive them. Get rid of some of that bitterness that you're carrying. Let me just say, if you have stress because of things that you can control, then you are responsible to make the decisions that will eliminate that stress, right? Don't ask God to do that. However, and this is where a lot of us are, there are some things that cause stress that are outside of our control. A virus, you can't control that. The news of a job loss because of it, you can't control that. You discover that your kids are making decisions that, that break your heart, you can't control that. In fact, some of the, the scariest things about parenting is the fact that kids can uh, make their own choices. Sometimes I'm like, God, will you just please take away their free will until they're like 25 and let me just tell them what to do. Any parents, you know, hear me on that. So we think that whenever we face stress from situations that are beyond our control, well, then that means, right, that I can't control the feeling of stress that comes along with it. And so what happens is we begin to take on this victim mentality or, or we begin to play the victim card and saying things like, well, because I can't control the situation, then I can't control how I'm feeling about the situation. Or, or be, because I can't control the virus, I can't control how I'm going to respond and feel because the virus is something that's outside of my control. Are you following me? Or because I can't control how, uh, you know, the, the job loss, and I can't control how I respond to the job loss that's outside of my control. And what happens is we end up playing the victim card. And can I tell you something? That situation, it might be beyond you. It might be outside of your control. And really, honestly, control is just an illusion. So let's use the word influence. You might not be able to influence the, the situation, but you certainly can influence how you respond in the situation. Because here's the deal. Somebody needs to hear this today. You are not a victim. Can I just declare that over your life? You're not a victim. And I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care what didn't go right for you. You are not a victim. You're not timid. You are not weak. You are a victor because of Jesus Christ. And you are not powerless over your feelings, over that stress. And I'm not downplaying, listen to me, what you are going through. I know that when I talk about, about some stressful scenarios, some of you, I mean, you feel like someone's standing on your chest. You feel the, the weight of the world, and I'm not making light of that at all. And I'm certainly not downgrading the serious nature and impact of the virus that's happening in our world today. I am saying this. You don't have to live every day feeling like the victim, being overwhelmed by stress, because here's the reality. In this world, you're going to face some hard times. God's word tells us that. If you look at it in John chapter 16, verse 33, this is what Jesus is saying. I've told you all this so that you may have peace. Come on, somebody say peace. Peace is what we're looking for. And he said, you can have peace in me here on the earth. You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. But what does he say? Take heart because I have overcome the world. 
This is Jesus telling us that trials are going to come. Sorrows are, are going to come. They are inescapable. And I'm not trying to depress you or stress you out further. I'm just clarifying the reality of what Jesus tells us that here on earth, viruses are going to happen. That here on earth, the company is going to downsize. That here on earth, it could be you get the call from the doctor that you never thought you would get. That here on earth, your kids may go AWOL. You're going to get some bad news. But Jesus says you're going to face some things, but take heart because everything that you have faced, I have already overcome. Come on. Jesus is saying that anything that comes at us in this life, any trial, any sorrow that he has already overcome it, that he is the victor over it. Jesus is telling us today, hey, remember the cross, remember the grave. Yeah, I got up out of those things and I overcame death, hell, and the grave. And if I overcame death, then I can overcome anything that's happening in your life. Come on, say amen right there, wherever you are. That's good news. And the Bible tells us that if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, then there's nothing, nothing that you face that will overcome you. It doesn't mean you're not going to face things. It doesn't mean things won't come at you. But it does mean that those things don't have to overcome you. And it means that you don't have to be overwhelmed by stress to the point where it shapes your life, to the point where it becomes the filter of your life. It causes you to, to make decisions based on the stress that you're carrying. Here, I need to tell somebody today, stop carrying something that Christ has already overcome. Like, let it go. And so maybe, just maybe, a stress-free life isn't the goal. And maybe a stress-free life isn't even biblical. Because after all, what did Jesus say? Here on earth, you're going to have many trials. You're going to have many sorrows. But just maybe God is saying that even in the middle of what causes us stress, we can have a peace-filled heart. That God wants to give us a peace, a supernatural peace beyond our understanding. And it's not a stress-free life goal. It's a peace-filled heart goal. And can I tell you something? That is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do you mean, Colby? How, how does that work? Because here's what I want to say. Everyone on the planet is face-to-face -face with stress right now. And as followers of Jesus, our testimony is in how we face that stress. That in the middle of walking through this virus, that in the middle of walking through this season, or in the middle of the, the hell that you're personally up against, that we can have peace, we can have calm in the chaos, and that's the powerful testimony to the world around you. That people will look at you and say, how can your business be losing that much money, yet you have peace? Like, how can you be hit, you know, with that big obstacle, yet you still have this peace? How is it you're going through chemo? yet you still have peace. How is it your kid has walked away from God, but here you are standing strong in peace? Like it doesn't mean things don't hurt. I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean that you won't cry some tears from time to time. It doesn't mean that you won't ask questions and, and get frustrated and, and God, I don't understand this. And what are you doing in the world? Why are we locked in our homes? But it does mean that you can turn a shelter-in-place order into a shelter-in-peace order. Come on, somebody. We can have peace. That God can give us peace in the middle of this. In fact, that's the title of my message today, if you want to jot that down. Shelter in, in peace. So how do we get that, Colby? I want you to write down four things quickly. 
I think will help us learn how to shelter in peace. And then I want to take a moment at the end of our time and pray for those of you that are dealing with the tremendous amount of stress today. And by the way, if you're not a note taker, hey, this is a great day to start. Because number one, what else are you going to do? Number two, according to the American Institute of Stress, we are some stressed out people. So come on, we need this today. So here's the first thing I want you to jot down. You got to tell God, thank God. Tell God, thank God. What, what do you mean, Colby? Here, look at this. Philippians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Hey, real quick, would anything include the coronavirus? Yes, it would. Would anything include the, the health issues that you're going through? It would. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and look at it. Tell God what you need and thank God for all he has done. Then it says you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. So our first response when you and I are faced with stress, when we are faced with something overwhelming, is to tell God and thank God. However, come on, let's be honest. If you're like me, often my first response when I'm faced with something that's stressful is to play out in my mind like the worst case scenario. For example, if somebody is bringing my kid home from a, a soccer game or from a friend's house and they said they're going to be, you know, dropping them off at a certain time and it starts to creep into that 20, 30 minute late range. Well, in my mind, I've gone to the worst case scenario. I have them running off the road. I got them in a head on collision. Come on, anybody else? You know, for some of you, you're the same way. You could have a cough and you're calling in the kids you're like, okay, kids gather around the bed. You know, this is the end. It's easy for us to quickly spiral into a black hole of stress. And I submit that the worst thing that you can do when you find yourself in a stressful situation is to talk to yourself or anybody else before you talk to God. Come on, you got to tell God. Tell God what's on your heart. Tell God what's in your mind. Tell God what is stressing you out. And listen, it's okay to let God know that you're not okay. Yeah, you know, truth is, he already knows you're not okay. In fact, you signed into a church online experience today where it's okay not to be okay. Elevate is a place, it's okay not to be okay. So you don't have to put on your religious face. You don't have to pretend like everything is okay. Now the goal isn't to live there. Like we don't want you to take up residence there. We want you to move on and we want to help you do that. But it's okay. Some of you just need to hear that. It's okay. Not to be okay. But Paul says, not only do we tell God what we need, but the second half of that is we thank him for what he's already done. Now that's the part that's kind of interesting. Because Paul is not saying that God expects you to get bad news and to walk out of the doctor's office going, well, thank you, Jesus, for that terrible diagnosis. Like, hallelujah. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that if you just got word you're, you're about to be laid off, that God wants you to get in your car and go, well, thank you, Lord. You know, that was my last paycheck. Hallelujah, bless God. He doesn't say that. He's saying that when you're facing something that's stressing you out, that we first tell God what we need, because he can handle it, and then we thank God for what he's already done. Why would we do that, Colby? Here's why. When I thank God for what he's already done, it forces me to get my eyes off of my current situation and put them onto the faithfulness of God. 
takes my eyes off of what's right in front of me and puts them on God. And I know for me personally, in the moment that I'm dealing with something that's overwhelming and stressful, my first response isn't always to look at the faithfulness of God in my life. Like my first response, I'm just being honest, is sometimes to focus on the mess that I'm in. I want to throw a pity party. I want to invite some of my closest friends to it. Come on, anyone else? Like, don't lie. If you're on Facebook watching right now, like, just look at your posts from last week. Like, we like to throw pity parties. But it's in those moments I've discovered the thing that I want to do least is what I need to do the most. And that is to rehearse the faithfulness of God over and over and over in my life and go, okay, God, I've been here before, maybe not in this exact situation before, but I've been around the block a few times and you've been faithful to provide in my past whenever I needed provision. You've given me direction in the past whenever I needed direction. And in the same way the Israelites could look back and go, God, we saw how you brought us out of Egypt. We saw how you led us across the Red Sea. We saw how you fed us in the desert and provided for us. We look back at the faithfulness of God. Why? Because it builds your faith for the moment. Nothing that's overwhelming you. It builds your faith. It forces you to take your eyes off of your situation and place them squarely and wholly on the faithfulness of God. And then it says this, and then when you thank God and you tell God, then the peace of God will guard your heart and will guard your mind. Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about this today because next week we're going after this. But let me bait you just a little bit. This is what makes peace in our life so powerful. Because when you are stressed, you are vulnerable. Did you know that? You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Your, your mind is vulnerable. Your heart is vulnerable. And the peace of God, what it does, it will stand like an army around your heart and around your mind, guarding it until you get the strength back to get up on your feet again. So you tell God, and you thank God. Come on, we tell God, we pray. Prayer is powerful. You should know that. You should try it. And not just when you smack your thumb with a hammer. Come on, we pray. Let's tell God and thank God. Here's the second thing that we need to learn to shelter in place, and that is to take a step back. Come on, write that down. Take a step back. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says that this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. In other words, though, though our bodies are, are, are fading away, that something is going on inside of us, something is happening inside of us for our present troubles, don't miss this, are small and won't last very long. Now, let me just interject here that the, the small troubles Paul is talking about is persecution, it's beatings, it's whippings, it's being stoned, it's being snake bit and shipwrecked. And he calls those things that happen to him small problems. He says, yet they produce something inside of us for, for us, a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So although we're facing some things externally, God is doing something internally that's going to last eternally. Are you with me? And so he goes on to say, so we don't look at the troubles that are right in front of our face. Because if that's all we do, that's all we focus on. What we can see now, he says, rather, instead, we fix our eyes on something else. Things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see, those are the things that are going to last forever. And so what we do is we learn to, come on, take a step back. 
We learn to look beyond the circumstance, look beyond the situation. And how many of you know that whenever you're faced with something that's stressing you out, like you can get tunnel vision on that thing. Like it's the, the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. It's the first thing on your mind when you wake up or, or at any moment of the day when you're not distracted by work or something else. It comes back up over and over again. You've got to learn to take a step back in those moments. And it might be tough. I'm not saying in the exact moment you get bad news that you're able to step back from it and get a big perspective. Like it might take a week. It might take two weeks before you can step back and go, okay. All right, God, what are you doing in this? Like, I, I, I can get a bigger perspective, a bigger view of what your plan is and what you're working. Because how many of you know, come on, the closer you are to something, the bigger that thing seems. In fact, wherever you are, let's play along right now. Take your hand like this and put it right in front of your face. Don't smack yourself, but put it in front of your eyes like this. Keep your eyes open and look at your hand right in front of your face. Your hand looks massive, right? Like if it's right in front of your eyes, you can't see anything but your hand. But now slowly start to pull it away. And when you slowly pull it away, your hand gets smaller. But more than that, your perspective becomes greater. And so the further you, you get it away from you, right, the more is revealed on the outside. All right, I see. You're probably not playing along at home like you should. That's okay. I'm going to do it for you. One great thing about having a, a captive audience. So right here, here's my hand. Right now it looks massive, right? And that's all you can see. But as I slowly move back, right, other things start to come into focus, like this seriously handsome face of mine. No, as I move it back, come on, everything else starts to become clearer, and my hand gets smaller and smaller as I get back. More and more is coming into perspective, and the same is true in your life, that the further you get away from that problem, the more things that you can see that you are blessed with, that God is doing as you pulled your hand back, you see, well, I have a family, I have a home, I have provision in my life. I'm not just focused on my problem, what's in front of me, because right now my hand looks small, doesn't it? And you can see a whole heck of a lot more. You gotta take a step back, and you gotta get a bigger picture of what God is doing. Come on, if it's true, right, that the closer you are to something, the bigger it seems, why don't you make it your mission in this season to get as close to God as you possibly can so that God becomes bigger and greater than anything you are walking through? Come on, somebody, say amen right there. Come on, that's what happens when we are able to take a step back and we fix our gaze on what we can't see, not just what we can see, but what we can't see, because what we can see, he says, will soon be gone. But what we cannot see is going to last forever. So take a step back and say, you know what? I know God is working something for my good. Take a step back and say, you know what? God doesn't waste anything that is in my life, whether it's good or bad. He's not going to waste it. He's going to use it. What did Paul say? He said, you mean you're going to put me in prison? Okay, I'm looking beyond the cell. You're going you're gonna to flog me? Okay, I'm looking beyond that. I'm taking a step back. I'm going to get snake bit and stoned. Okay, I'm going to step back from all that because God is doing something greater than what is faced, what is right in front of me. Come on, can I tell you something? You'll never be able to shelter in peace until you can take a step back and learn to look beyond your situation. And here's the third thing you got to do. Write this down. You got to slam it down. Come on, you ready for this? This is where it gets fun. You got to slam it down. You got to slam a jamma. 
Colby, where do you get that? First Peter 5, 7 says this. Verse 7, cast. Somebody say cast. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And be alert, it says, be of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now listen up, I'm not the, there's a devil under every rock kind of guy, but there is a devil. You have a spiritual enemy. He hates you. He's out to get you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's responsible for all the evil that goes on in the world. If you don't believe me, just turn on the news. We have a spiritual enemy. And he's looking, the Bible says, he's prowling, looking for someone whose heart is not guarded by peace, looking to devour them, looking for someone who is not connected to others or connected to the church. And you know the easiest person to pick off? You know who it is? It's the person who's by themselves. It's the person who's isolated. It's the person who gets so overwhelmed in this season of stress that they cower back and they, they disconnect from anyone and everyone. And the enemy is looking for that person. That's how he works. Verse 9 says, resist him. Like, how do we do that? And it tells us here, by standing firm in the faith. Because you know, it says, the family of believers, the church throughout the world, check this out, tell me God's word is not relevant, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In other words, we're all going through this. We might as well go through it together. So stand firm in your faith. Stay connected to the people of God. Verse 10, and the, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and make you firm and make you steadfast. So what did he say? Paul said we are to cast all our anxiety on him because he cares about you. And the word cast in the original language, by the way, has this idea of, of forcefully throwing not just setting down, but this forceful kind of throwing, this, this casting. For example, I need to back up. This is Peter. Is this the Peter verse? Yeah. I said Paul, so let me just go back to that. No, you're good. No, you can keep going the other way. I wasn't far. Um, is that where I said Paul? I'll start there. I think it was after that, but I'll start there. I hope. Maybe go back, go up a little bit more to like verse, there you go. Cower and discount. All right, here you go. You guys ready? He's looking for some, all right, you're good. Here we go. I'm going to go, you're the easiest person to pick off. Yep. You know who the easiest person to pick off is? It's the person that's by themselves. And the enemy's looking for someone who's isolated. He's looking for someone who is overwhelmed by, by stress, overwhelmed of, uh, about what's going on in this season, who cowers back and disconnects from everyone. And the enemy's looking for that person. That's how he works. And verse 9 says, resist him. How do we do that? Check it out. By standing firm in the faith. He says, because you know that the family of believers, the, that's the church throughout the world, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In other words, we're all going through this. We might as well go through it together. So he says, stand firm in your faith. Stay connected to the people of God. Verse 10, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and make you firm and steadfast. I love that. What did he say? He said, we are to cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Somebody say cast. Cast. You know the word cast in the original language has this idea of, of not setting down, 
but of a forceful kind of throwing, like a slamming kind of down. For example, one of the exercises we do at the gym I go to are called MB slams, right? This is a medicine ball. This one weighs about 6,000 pounds, but we do medicine ball slams. And this verse is kind of this idea that some of you need to get a little forceful in slamming the thing down that's causing you stress, the thing that's controlling you, the weight that you're carrying. Some of you need to determine today that I'm going to take this weight of stress, of worry, of anxiety, the weight of my cares, and I'm about to, come on, I'm about to slam it down harder than anything I've slammed down before. Some of you need to say, I'm tired of carrying this thing. Uh, I'm tired of this thing being a monkey on my back. I'm going to rip this off. Come on, I'm going to slam it down. Then there's no more fear. There's no more anxiety or worry. Then I'm going to cast it. I'm going to slam it down at the feet of Jesus. Some of you today, you need to be like, this is the day that I'm done dealing with this. I'm done carrying it. Like, no more. I'm done letting this determine and define the way I feel when I go to bed or the way I feel when I wake up. And I'm going to, come on, I'm going to slam it down at the feet of Jesus. Whoo, I'm getting tired. And I'm not telling you that the moment you do that, that your situation will change tomorrow. But I am telling you that you can't have a peace-filled heart today unless you slam it down, unless you let go of it, unless you cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares about you. And he doesn't want you to live this way. He doesn't want you to carry the weight of this stress. Come on, you got to learn to slam it down. But how many of you know that sometimes we carry the weight of things in our life because although it's dysfunctional, although it's heavy, for a lot of us it's comfortable. This is why some people will stay in abusive relationships because it's dysfunctional, but it's all that they know. That sometimes we'll carry things and, and hold on to issues that we're dealing with, the stress that we have, because we've learned to cope with it. We've learned to manage it. We've learned to carry it to the point where now we need it. We need to hold on to the stress to cope with life because we're comfortable with this weird kind of dysfunction. We're afraid to let it go because we kind of like the drama of it. We're addicted to it. We're attached to it, even though we know it's killing us and we weren't meant to carry this, but we think somehow we can. We can handle it. We can manage it. Then maybe we can change it. Can I tell you something? If you could have changed this by now, you would have changed this by now. So why don't you just try today and determine that you're going to, come on one more time, slam it down. You're going to let it go. But Colby, what happens if I slam it down? Then what do I do? Well, Peter told us in verse 9, he said, you stand firm in your faith. You got to focus on something else. In fact, that's the last one I want you to write down. I'm going to stand my ground. And so you slam it down and then you stand your ground. Come on, say that with me. I'm going to slam it down, and then I'm going to stand my ground. But some of us, come on, we're good at letting things go, but we're even better sometimes at picking it back up. Or, or we're going to pick up something different, and it's going to be just as destructive to replace the thing that we slammed down. And so we slam it down, and we stand our ground. Colby, how do I do that? You stand firm in the faith. And while I'm trusting God to work out this thing that he has already overcome for me, I'm going to stand my ground on what? On the promises of God. Don't miss this. 
the word of God, the promises of God is true. It is right. In fact, just so you know where I stand, it is without error in its original intent and in the original language. There is not one jot or tittle, if you've heard that before, right? Those are the two smallest markings in the Hebrew language. There's not one jot or one tittle that has been lost from the word of God. Even though the grass withers and the flower fades, what the word of the Lord stands forever. Psychologists come and go, philosophers come and go, civilizations come and go, but the word of God has remained from generation to generation. It's been debated, but never defeated. So therefore, I can anchor my soul I can anchor my life to the words that are written in the word of God because not one good promise of the Lord has ever failed. There was an old hymn that I grew up singing, maybe some of you as well, called Standing on the Promises. That I'm standing on the promises of Christ my King. And I've got to learn to stand my ground on something else. When I slam this down, this weight that I wasn't meant to carry, I've got to learn to stand on something else. And I believe I'm going to give you some verses that are worth standing on, especially in this season, John 14, 27. This is Jesus. Don't miss this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. So here's a gift he wants to give you. A gift is free, a gift you don't have to earn or pay for. He says, here, you can have this. You know what it is? Peace of mind and heart. That's what a lot of us are after. And he says, the peace I give you is the, gift of the, is the gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be stressed out. So Jesus has this gift of peace that he wants to give you. That's a great promise of God to hold on to. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, we are pressed on every side. Doesn't it feel that way? We're pressed on every side by troubles. However, we're not crushed, right? The, he never said the storm wouldn't rock you. He said the storm wouldn't sink you. We're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. How about Psalm 55 says this, these are gonna help you, I promise. You can lean into these promises. He says, come on, cast your cares, slam your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Psalm 56 says, in God whose word I praise. Hopefully right now, faith is building and rising up inside of you. It's God who I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I love that. What can life do to me? What can life throw at me? What can the job loss do to me? What can this illness do to me? What can the stress I'm facing do to me? What can mere mortals do to me? Because I'm standing my ground. Come on, I got promises of God in my hand. I've got the truth of his word. I've got his faith. I've got trust. I've got hope. And I'm not letting this thing stress me out or wear me down. I'm not going to let this thing cause one more sleepless night in my life that I'm going to wake up thinking about the mercies and the goodness of God. I'm going to get up in the morning going, surely the goodness and mercy of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. I'm going to stand my ground on the fact that he who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of salvation. I'm going to stand on the fact that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Come on, we got to stand our ground. And some of you today, here's what I'm praying, that a Holy Spirit boldness would begin to develop in your life and determine today that I'm going to slam. I'm going to cast my cares on Jesus. I'm going to stand my ground then I'm going to tell God and thank God for his faithfulness. I'm going to tell him what's going on in my life. It's okay not to be okay. 
I'm going to thank him for what he's done. Then I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to get a bigger perspective of what's, what's happening. I'm not just going to focus my eyes on what's right in front of me, but on eternity and realize that God is bigger than anything that's in front of me. And today I'm going to determine that I am not a victim, that I'm a victor in Jesus' name. And I'm going to be filled with the peace of God that passes understanding this gift of peace that Jesus has for me. It's an inheritance of peace. Can I tell you, please don't walk and live in this life below your inheritance. Like below what God has for you, live it to the fullest. You are everything God says you are. You can have everything God says you can have, which includes even in this day, a supernatural peace and a calm in the chaos. Listen, I want to take a moment and just pray for people right now, wherever you are, who may be carrying the weight of stress today. And for some of you, you feel like someone is standing on your chest or you feel the weight of some situation. Maybe you've received news this week that, that no one knows about and you're, only, you're carrying it on your own or, or maybe you've been carrying something for a long time. We're going to pray that, that that's broken in your life today that God would give you the strength to once and for all slam that burden at his feet and allow the, the chains that want to bind you be released today in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm gonna ask you to do something right now that may be a little uncomfortable for some of you. But sometimes, how many of you know you gotta do something uncomfortable if you wanna get something powerful in your life? And if you're not dealing with stress or anxiety or fear today, you don't need to respond in this way, that's okay. But however, if you know that God's speaking to you through this message, wherever you are, I want you to stand up right now. Go ahead, stand up, get off the couch, get off the, the chair at the dining room table, get out of your office, whatever it is. And I want you to stand up and hold your hands out and imagine the weight of that thing that you're carrying and just hold it up to God right now. We're gonna pray that although the situation may not change, the weight of this thing may not necessarily change, but in Jesus' name, who is carrying that weight is about to change. Come on, somebody, because you're gonna let it go and you're gonna slam it down at the feet of Jesus. You're gonna cast your cares onto him and we're gonna pray that you have a supernatural peace in the middle of what you're going through. And we're gonna tell God about it. We're gonna thank God for his faithfulness. We're gonna step back and slam it down and stand our ground on his promise. So would you join me in praying right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks today that we can walk in your peace, that you've promised us. You said, my peace I give you. I'll leave my, my peace with you. So I pray for every individual, wherever they are, that's standing up right now, I pray that those who are online or, or maybe uh, alone or maybe with their families who are dealing with some stressor in their life, that in the name of Jesus, you would break the power of the stress in their life and that they would remember and focus on the promises of God. We pray that the voice of God today would be louder than any other voice, even their own voice coming from inside of them. And God, we ask that you would take this weight that we've been carrying and pray that you would work it for our good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose, that you're not gonna waste anything that we go through in this life, but you can use it. But in the meantime, we're asking you, God, that you would fill us with peace in the middle of it. So today, Father, come on, hold it up. We rip off anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and stress. And right now we slam it at the feet of Jesus. 
and we give it to you knowing that you can handle it. And we declare peace over every heart today. We declare that we are not victims, that we are victors in Jesus Christ. And that because he was overcoming everything that this world could throw at us, we could overcome it as well. So we thank you for it and we believe it in the name of Jesus. And while we're praying today, perhaps the greatest promise of all in all of scripture is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And there are those of you watching right now, that's the step that you need to take. You need to cross the line of faith. You need to allow Jesus' sacrifice on the cross to pay for your sins once and for all, past, present, and future. And the way we do that, the Bible says, is through prayer, that we confess Jesus as Lord, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and we would be saved. For some of you, that's what you need to do today. You need to stand on that promise of eternal life. You need to stand on that promise of salvation. So let me lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. You can use your own words, but let me just help you out a little bit. Say something like this. Jesus, today, I repent of my sin. I know I'm a sinner, and I'm desperate for you to come into my life and to save me and give me a supernatural peace. So I confess you as Lord and as Savior, and I believe that God raised you from the dead so I could be raised to a new life in Christ. Fill me with peace. Fill me with hope. Give me your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.